Sure, with me as always is Big Trav. Hello, everyone. And of course, we have our new official co host, Paul Grody. He's great. And official now. It feels very entitled. Yeah, and official. Very entitled. O- official and a fisher man. And a fisher of men. Isn't that right? No. Father Paul. No, that's that's what? not right. Trav, how do you well, deal with this every episode? I don't know. Right. I, even have, I zone out most of the episodes. I like how he answers. I don't know how he deals with me. <laughs> I honestly don't know what I'm talking about. It's been a long day. I work now, Paul. You know what it's like. Come home after a long day. You just want to play Stardew and be a real fisherman. That's right. That's right. You don't get that chance some nights. Master level fisherman. I like fishing. I find it relaxing. It's Same. good stuff. In video games. No, not in the game shore. In, in real life. Oh, in real life. You mean like in like Twilight Princess? or No. I mean, the fishing in Twilight Princess, I actually don't remember it. That sounds bad, though. What? You could use motion controls. It was great. Motion controls are bad in everything, That's, except for oh maybe VR. Zack and Wiki are rolling in their grave. Yeah, they're dead because no one played it because <laughs> it has bad motion controls. Whatever. Resident Evil 4 was better with motion controls, and no, no one can tell me otherwise. really not. It really was. I believe I believe that the aiming's better, but like I just I don't want to use motion controls for anything. I just give me a controller. You're lazy, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry that I would like to relax with my relaxing hobby. <laughs> if raising your arms a little bit is too much exercise, <laughs> you need to reassess, wait, man. Wait, sure. Trav is clearly on the correct entitled gamer take on this. He's too entitled oh, to right. play. I mean, as an entitled gamer, right? It reminds me of Tycho on uh, Penny Arcade. He has the same stance on motion controls, I think. Um, all right, Trav. So why don't we start? We start things. Why don't we start things off? I don't know why I started to lisp there. Oh God, my tongue is even tired from all this work. Why don't we start things off with Big Trav's big news? So how much would you guys like a Dead Space Four? I can't wait. Is it? Coming I would out love soon? it. I'd be. I'd actually. I still haven't finished three, but I would love a Dead Space Four. Um, same. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess it could still happen. EA owns the rights to it, I think. But Visceral Games has been shut down. That's what bummer. Bum, bum, bum. For yeah. real? Yeah, that sucks. Um, so the Visceral is the the uh, the studio that was working with Amy Hennig, formerly of uh, Naughty Dog, on a sounded like it sounded like it was like a linear Star Wars game, not unlike an Uncharted, but set in Star Wars uh, universe. Maybe not um, unlike Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Exactly. Yes. At least um, we'll still get Star Wars 1313. Oh, yeah, for great. sure. They're going to come out any day now and be like, hey, guys, remember that game we canceled <laughs> fucking 35 years ago? It's back. Um, uh, yeah. So the Star Wars game itself hasn't been completely shelved, it sounds like. So they, they refocused with EA Vancouver as taking the lead among other EA, isn't, EA isn't Worldwide Studios. Isn't the, uh, the, the place, the Canadian place that made uh, Mass Effect Andromeda? Or am I, am I just smashing I, I, two Canadian no, studios No, they, they, have, they have different different uh, Canadian studios. There's like a Montreal studio, I think, that took Matt. I don't remember. Yeah, bon- Bioware Montreal. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Well, whatever. Nothing good comes from Canada. Am I right? Canada! 
Except kids in the hall. That was pretty good. They're not even a real country <laughs> sure. All right. All right. I don't know. I've never Fine. been to Canada. Good stuff comes from Canada. I like I like that Scott Pilgrim movie. That takes place in Canada. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was pretty good. Yeah. Edgar Wright. He's great. Um, okay. So what do we know why Visceral decided that they were going to do this? Besides... So they've had a, they had a very like, you know, company line PR thing of, of like their quotes and everything. Like I have some of them here, but to, it, to me, this reads is it wasn't shaping up. Like that's what, that's what this says to me is that I remember just... they said they got feedback and people were like not responding to the single playerness of it. And mm. then somebody said it was either Paul or somebody else was that they want to make it into destiny because everything must be destiny now. It's like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a bummer, but I, I, I don't I can't say I was really like holding out hope for this Star Wars game. I just like I said it to you guys before the other day when uh, whichever one of you brought this news story up to me it was that you know it's like EA has systematically made me unexcited about all their major franchises. Yeah, I, yeah. Like the the most excited I've been for an EA franchise lately is for the new NBA game, and even so, all those microtransactions really made it not fun. And it's like. Just the way Wait, they handled Battlefront. On NBA Live has microtransactions? Yeah. Live? Yeah. Yeah. NBA. NBA. Oh, oh, you're talking about 2K? Uh, that's not EA, is Wait, it? Wait, EA. No, that's. Uh, oh, that's, you're that's right. That's like the one major sports Wait, game that's not two. EA. It's. Um, I, I, for some reason in my head, I just assume all sports games yeah, are made by Yeah, totally. Because they, no, they yeah, do Madden, that. right? And NHL. Yeah, they do Madden, they do NHL. Yeah, they do pretty much everything except. The one good basketball game. So 2K is responsible for this microtransaction. For the bad microtransaction. Right. So yeah, wait, but that terrible. also means that I have no EA franchises that I'm excited about. <laughs> I mean, they because yeah. they, they botched Mass Effect. Anthem. And then Anthem. Anthem, Anthem yeah, yeah, sure. But even so, I'm not that excited about it because of how bad Mass Effect was. And also, we just, we have no, like, we've seen a vertical slice of that thing that was probably, like, the, the game's not going to look like that. We don't right. know what it's going to look like. We haven't seen actual like right. gameplay, as far as I'm concerned. And also, even though I'm not like the biggest Destiny 2 convert, my hunger for that kind of game was sated by the experience of playing Destiny 2. Um, so it's sort of like, I don't need... I'm not as hungry for that kind of game as I might be, had yeah. I not just played that. So, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. In general... Um, not NBA Live, but NBA 2K. Man, I'm really out of it. You can just tell. Uh, but, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think in my head I'm thinking about Battlefronts and how much fun I used to have with the old Battlefronts. And the new Battlefront I thought was fine. A lot of people hated it a lot more than I did. But, like, it was just the way they handled it and, like, the way they... Well, the way they, you they phrased just, that is, just sort of, is revealing. A lot of people hated it more than I hated it. Like... That's not... <laughs> no, right, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I, I was its defender, but, like, I got sick of it pretty fast. Like, I'm interested in the campaign of Battlefront 2, but I can't justify paying $60 for, that, uh, for just yeah. the campaign. With like, Janino Gavincar. Yeah, like, that looks cool, but, like, it sounds like they're kind of messing up the multiplayer. Like, it sounds like there's some pay-to-win stuff in there, mm. like being just, able to buy unlocks ahead of time. And... I just don't care about prequels stuff. It's just like I, I even like the design of some of the stuff in the prequels, but it's just like, man, can we just like excise it's, it's, that? It's not all prequel stuff, right? Like they're pulling from everything now. Yeah, I know they're pulling from everything, but like you could leave stuff, some stuff on the cutting room floor. Is all I'm saying. Like I don't oh, need sure. to see battle droids ever again. I don't need to see 
Like, I already played that Battlefront one. They have shields, you know, though. Just... Like, they have the little what are the little tank guys with shields and Obi-Wan. I feel like we, and... did, we did, like, an episode with Ian, like, in probably episode zero that got cut and we couldn't release. And he was like, the droid Decca. And I'm like, what? He's like, the battle droids that roll into balls. And I'm like, of course you would know the technical term for that droid. Um... But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, it's just a bummer. I agree. The biggest, biggest loss is not that we knew they were going to do anything, but I always wanted like a Dead Space trilogy remaster collection. Maybe they yeah, could still do they that. Could, yeah, like, that could still happen. I would love that. That'd be nice. Just because like but, Dead yeah. Space 1 and 2 were so good. Yeah. And it sounds like they kind of messed it up with 3, but like, I would not still to rather play the 3 on a uh, Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want to use that PS3 controller ever again. Right. <laughs> Entitled gamer moment number two. <laughs> Try to count along at home. You can get bingo if Trav says three more. <laughs> wait, wait till you hear Trav talk about the switch. Then, then we'll get. <laughs> it, it's evened out now, though. Um, Why? Because what did I say? No, no, no. Because my switch stuff. It's evened out now. It's good and bad. Oh, right, right. Yeah, you just got something you liked. Okay, great. Um, um, but yeah, like so, you know, I like I said, this is a very like PR business like quote but like they said that it's going to be like reshaped to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency um so i guess they want <laughs> that it to makes be open you wonder, world like what single player game has no player agency yeah i mean <laughs> like it sounds like like that sounds like what were they making i don't know I, i'm telling you you dude, don't even made, need the controller 13, to play 13. it you just it's a movie <laughs> Yeah, you just made a movie. You made Dragon's Lair with Star Wars characters, which I would still play on Sega CD. Um, Maybe we'll still get KOTOR 3. Because it seems like everybody's like, oh, Casey's back. Bioware's making KOTOR 3, so we'll see. They would get my money Uh, for that. Even though I feel like like we'd be so lost, because I feel like they said that uh, the Old Republic, the MMO, was like KOTOR 3 through like 7. So like the (laughs) storylines wouldn't even make sense anymore. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. care. Like if they if they if they made Kotor three and it was just as good as Kotor two with like modern graphics and stuff and like I was you know I would I would probably forgive them for Andromeda. Sure, it's like, but like the okay, thing is, all I wanted for Mass Effect was it for it to be Kotor three. So you know this is fine. Yeah, but I mean like Kotor two. Like I haven't played Kotor Kotor two since I was a kid. But like that's an Obsidian game. So like <laughs> right. that's true. That's probably why we like it so much. <laughs> Just like the stick of truth. Yeah. And I guess that little herd of game fallout in New Vegas. No yeah. one likes that. Um but uh okay, so that's all we have to say about that, right? Yeah, on. I mean it's it it sucks, but you know, who who knows? Like like you said, the stuff that EA is doing doesn't really like excite me at all. Yeah, I don't yeah, trust I think them, them to like the big bad evil gaming corporation. They're like uh, evil corp and Mr. Robot. Right, they're very. Like, it's like yeah, EA's right. like become very generic. It's just like oh, they're yeah, like, yeah, the generic video game developer. It's EA, right? <laughs> yeah, their golden age, at least recently, was basically like when Dead Space was coming out, and uh, like I mean, they made like little like smaller stuff. Like I think they did Grow Home and Grow Up. And stuff, and like those were well received and everything, but just like yeah, now it's like here's Battlefield One. It looks like real life. Here's Battlefront. It looks like Star Wars. It's like I don't know. It's just like there's nothing exciting about it. It's it's just like very generic. Yeah, I don't know. That reminds me. I was talking to a coworker today about um, Titanfall Two, mm-hmm. 
and how what was interesting about that single player campaign is just as far as single player campaigns and fps type like sci-fi action stuff goes is that each level of titanfall 2 had sort of a gimmick to it Mm. and an interesting one and it gave it like it reminded me of how indie games are developed where it's like each level has not only like is consistent with the overall idea of the game but it also has like a an aesthetic like a little twist that uh is unique to it and i was thinking about how like i i can't remember i can remember key moments of that that titanfall 2 campaign even though i haven't finished it uh pretty well i'm like 75 percent of the way through it and there are some pretty memorable moments in there but like i remember like one moment of advanced warfare mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's it's there's just these this tendency to make like these video games like you know when you see a characters in a tv show or a movie playing a video game and they're like it's it's this game like that's how i felt when i was playing um uh far cry primal sometimes i'd be like if there was a game called caveman murder it would be this game and they would <laughs> yeah. just show it it's like everything you think it is that's exactly what it is and it is it's not bad but it's also not like it's not exciting it, yeah it's just sort of like it's uh i don't know it's like the thor like, 2 of <laughs> we we know what like we know more or less what these games are going to look like we know what they're going to feel like we know what the systems are going to be we know what they're yeah, going to play right. like like there's nothing exciting about it like yeah oh yeah. Well, all right let's move on speaking of nothing exciting we're going to kill this podcast dead if we keep uh talking uh, about these boring topics uh, Activision put a, got a patent uh, this week. <laughs> oh, right. I love this story. Microtransactions that are going to entice you, or they're, it's going to be matchmaking that's going to entice you for microtransactions. Like, <laughs> so like you get you're going to be if you're a person who hasn't like bought any DLC for the game, they're going to match you up with people with like insane armor. So that you want to buy yeah, like DLC. The, the example that they gave that I saw was like. Oh, if it's if 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 you're a person that potentially wants to be like a really good sniper in this game or whatever, let's just say Call of Duty, then they're gonna match you with people that have uh, potentially bought like skins or like something like that, or a cool sniper rifle that will be better than you, that will kill you, and then you will see the gun and see what right. they're using, and then want to mimic their loadout. Right. Let's. So then yeah. you'll buy into microtransactions. It sounds like the whole system it's, was designed to match you with players that are way better than you with better gear so that right. you want to buy their stuff, <laughs> which, I yeah. mean, I get it well, from a microtransaction I mean, standpoint, but that's going to make me not want to play the game. Oh, yeah. From a business perspective, I get it, but, like, that's fine. Yeah, that's so stupid. I mean, that is, of course, if these aren't DLC pay exclusive content because if it is uh, stuff you can unlock by playing the game for a long time, then like uh, it, you will get matched with people who are going to destroy you and that won't be very fun. But if it's all exclusive DLC skins, like it's, it's going to be that thing of like some kids going to buy like 30 loot boxes on opening day just because he can. And then he's going to get matched with all these other people who don't have it. And they're like, where'd you get that? Like, it's insidious, but mm. people's brains do work that way. Yeah. Like, it's a very clever marketing tactic yeah. that I hate exists. You yeah, know like, I mean? this like, is the kind of thing that, that's, like, I don't see how, even if they make money off of, let, to be fair, they said this isn't in Destiny, they haven't done this, done anything with this or anything, it's not in any of their games, but, like, even if they put this in something and they make money off of it, 
looking at the way that everybody's reacting to Shadow of War and Forza and NBA, this is going to blow up in their face. No, 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 no. Because what's blowing up in people's faces about microtransactions is the fact that it's so obvious. Like, the things that people hate are, like, in Assassin's Creed, when you're going around the map, and it's like, buy this mission! And you're Mm. like, fuck you! Way to take me out of the game in a reality of a game where you're literally in virtual reality. It's like, there are two layers of depth that I could be lost in. I mean, I've been taken out of both of them because of this icon on the map. Or, like, when you're playing a fighting game, and it's like, here are the four characters you haven't bought yet. And you're like, fuck you! Let me just enjoy what I have. Like... That's that's one thing, and it's annoying because it's like, I already got the, it's like, um, it's like if when you bought a steak at dinner, they would put, like, a side in a little cage in front of you, and be like, if you pay me $4 now, I'll unlock this fucking bowl of rice. You can have it with your steak. It's like, fuck you, I can't enjoy my steak when you put food that I want, but you can't have in front Just of Just give me the rice. Just fucking give me that delicious rice, because, like, that's my idea of a perfect meal. Steak and rice. Steak Steak and and rice. rice. Yeah, right. Because I'm a fucking chef, right? Um, Where's my mind, man? Where is my mind? Um, I would just want to go to a restaurant so bad. (laughs) I have to eat fast food for lunch every day. It's the worst. Yeah, I used to do that when I worked in my warehouse job, and it was just... Yeah, it's uh, good. it gets tiring after a while. You're just like, I mean, I've got like 20 minutes to get to the fast food. Yeah, place, 20 totally. Minutes to get back, 20 minutes to eat. It's just, oh, see, uh, sometimes I took a, a short lunch so that I could like try to get my work done, and I had like I had to eat as I was driving back to the office from getting the food. Um, that's anyway, crazy. so like, yeah, so like, I don't this microtransaction thing. Like, like I said, they it hasn't been in anything, and it's still early. We don't really know what they're gonna right, do with right. it yet. What you made me think was that if they are smart about this. Uh, they'll put it in games, but not call attention to it. Oh, absolutely! Because I'm sure they won't. But like, people are gonna figure it out. This patent's out there. Like, I, I'm sure, but it's gonna be most successful for that like whatever percent of people who aren't paying attention to the news, and it just happens yeah, to. That's and you know what? Yeah, if but... that's the way they want to market microtransactions, I'm a hundred percent fine with it. I don't mind the idea of DLC or paying for extra stuff. Like, it's part of the. Uh, you know, I minded it when it first happened and it felt like they were selling you broken games and, like, this uh, this extension of the game will fix it. But if it's a game I really like and you're and I, I will be willing to pay extra, like, I'll be willing to pay, you know, for the Citadel DLC because I love Mass Effect 3. Yeah, but- That's not to say that I don't really appreciate games like Overwatch and Hollow Knight and uh, Shovel Knight that just, like, give you stuff for free. Um, after you bought the original thing. I mean, that's that's amazing. I don't understand how they can afford to do that. I guess I can understand how Blizzard can afford to do that. I don't understand how Team Cherry, it's three people, can afford to do that. Maybe because there only is three of them. But well, like, like the, the, the thing that gets me about this is, like, they're not talking about, like, Citadel or, like, Minerva's Den or any of the great, like, DLC. They're talking about, like, selling you guns. Right. Like, they're not right, talking about giving you content. Normally? Like, I, all they're yeah, talking but, about is matchmaking. But, Doesn't it, like, don't you see you go into, like, an Overwatch game, and that's a game where you would just buy the loot boxes, not the specific skin, but you, you go into the game, and you're like, whoa, look right, at that specific Right, but, but if this gun skin. gives that person an advantage, like, this is a different argument. Like, pay-to-win stuff is shitty by itself. Like, I, I agree just, with that. I, but I if just it's think cosmetic... That, 
Right, but but the the examples they used didn't make it yeah, sound cosmetic. It, it, it sounded like Call of Duty, like where you're when you play through the multiplayer. It sounded like you were literally buying and you unlock for your better weapons. It sounds like they're matching you. I, with people. I think that's where the cutoff is. Yeah, yeah. in my morality, definitely because like the yeah, I, I know what you mean because in Call of Duty you unlock better and better kits as you right. go on and stuff like that. But you could buy that stuff in the beginning, right? Yeah, like so, that's that's like, what Battlefront Two is doing. Like you, I, as far as I know, you can just unlock the level fifty gun if you want to pay for it. I think. I guess that's fine if there's a way to unlock it normally. Like, but I'm 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 not because uh, like you, that doesn't necessarily mean just because it's a better gun that that player is actually going to be skilled if the game is well enough. Sure, designed, but I, I just feel like balance factor. But I mean, I'm sure that's not. Uh, it reminds me of that whole first microtransactions pitch that that one douchey sounding guy said. He's like, "Wouldn't you pay an extra dollar just to get Mario to jump just a little bit farther?" And like all the gamers were like, "You're a fucking asshole. You don't understand yeah. gaming at right. all." Um, but like in my terms, like if I was playing Street Fighter Five, and like I was playing online and I played up against someone playing my favorite character in their in her in her like sexy bikini or something like that, I would be like. Oh, I want to get that character. Uh, you know, I'm not going to buy every skin, but I'll definitely get my favorite character skin and right. see it in action and, and like this. You know, that, you know, no, that stuff is is it happens. I think, it, yeah, it, no, it totally happens, and that stuff is on an individual basis. People are going to have to decide whether or not that bugs them. That doesn't really bug me. That kind of stuff, I don't care. Like even the like what NetherRealm does of putting the DLC fighters on the the thing that even and they're just grayed out because you didn't buy them. That thing doesn't bother me that much, but like. If, if they did something, going back to, like, Street Fighter, if they did something where, hey, this dude paid five bucks and his hits do 33% more damage than yours, that's when <laughs> right. the problem is. Yeah, Right. I mean, if you it know? affects game balance right. in a major way, that's pretty shitty. But again, they said they haven't... If it's cosmetic, put... I don't really care what they're doing. It's yeah, insidious. I agree. And I think the fact that they're targeting kids who definitely have this Me Too mentality, I mean, mm. memes and meme humor are a prime example of that. Where it's like, I saw someone else do it. I've got to participate by doing my own slight variation or just repeating the same thing. It's like, okay, that is how kids think and how a lot of sad adults think, unfortunately, too. So it is sort of like, I this is clever insofar as... But also, I don't know how bad it is because, like, I, I think it will be bad if it is if it is like you're saying that it's, uh, it's going to be away. like skill skill based right uh you know pay for better skills and stuff like that um but then again i mean if it's pve then i don't really care because yeah, I, I, like I don't really care about pve stuff if people want to blow through the like leveling curve and stuff like in a single player thing that's your own business yeah. right i feel like there some was people like... don't have time to do all that stuff you know like they they want to just come home and level and like buy their way to be like this overpowered dude and then play you know that's what you well i mean in um in certain games i feel like in mass effect 3's uh multi they had like you know you buy card packs and you can unlock characters that way but you'd Mm -hmm. also get them normally just by leveling up so like they would have special like like a rocket launcher or a shield or something like that and you would get like uh they were like depletable resources that you would get in these card packs so like if somebody wanted to get a bajillion of those and then join my team, I'm not going to like fault sure. them for being like the guy who always has rocket launchers who decided to spend as much as an extra game would cost on doing this. Because yeah. like, if it's team-based and we're not... And the only people we're screwing up are uh, AI players and it's just a fun thing to do with friends, then sure, who the, who the hell cares? Yeah, I, like, I think that stuff's fine as long as it doesn't mess with like... 
as long as it doesn't make it harder for you to earn it in game without paying money, it's fine. Right. It's, <laughs> I think it's like, thing that it bugs people is. It would be pretty is, funny if they had like a version of like uh, of Destiny where the only way you could win is like winning is determined by who spends the most money in game. I feel like that would be like the way to do it is like as a status symbol have loot that only these guys. Well, no, I mean I think that's <laughs> like one of the natural places this could go is that um, you know you've got a game yeah. that's maybe priced pretty cheaply, but you literally have to pay to unlock every weapon and to induce you to do it, they're going to use a system where they're matching you with people that have them. Um, yeah, I mean that's the free to play model, isn't it? Right, basically. Well, yeah, partially. I mean, it it depends. Free to play can be done correctly and not like that, but most of them are done badly. League is league is free to play, right? I mean, we just pop it up, so like, so it's yeah, only like you just buy characters if you want to, right? Right, and like, yeah, and like Dota two is free, and as far as I know, all the characters unlocked. You just pay for cosmetics in Dota. Hmm. Huh. Um, it's interesting how when a game is like popular past a certain point. They can do that stuff, and the fans well, I, just I feel like, reward them I, for doing yeah, that. But I feel like the difference is that people are freaking out now about you know what I said, like the Forza and NBA and stuff, because they're not one, they're not free to play. They cost the full price of a regular right, game, right? And also, like League and Dota are like League has rotating free characters that you can use. As far as I know, I don't know that much about League, but like it seems to have rotating free characters. I think I want to say you can buy the characters with in-game currency, right? That you can earn. And, like, with Dota, like, it's just cosmetic stuff, which, like, I know some people even think that that's a step too far. But, like, for me personally, like, I think cosmetic stuff is generally okay. Um, but I, I think it's 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 when people feel like, okay, hey, like, it's, especially it sounds like NBA is really bad about this. Like, okay, I bought this new NBA game. I'm super excited. I'm going to do my player. My player sucks because my guy has low stats. And the only way to get them to go up is... Without without just grinding for hours is to put in real money to level them up. Yeah, yeah that is shitty, and I think it's just the intrusiveness that yeah. again that bugs me the most is just like when like I don't mind if I have to go into a menu to be like, do you want to get this DLC? Mm. You know, I feel like DLC uh, store stuff should be like a drug dealer. Like it's always there, but it's lurking around the corner. <laughs> My <laughs> problem is that right now it's like the fucking Las Vegas Strip so, or like Times Square. And it's just like DLC, DLC. This it's like, do you want fucking TGI Fridays for sixty dollar markup? It's like, no, I don't fucking. What are you talking about? So you want to hear something shitty? So as everybody knows, Always. I'm playing Shadow of War. This isn't a spoiler. They reference the dude that runs the microtransaction shop in that story. What? <laughs> they literally like like when they're telling you about oh how to get your orcs and build, you know because it's about building up bases and stuff in Shadow of War. They right. literally are like. And if you can't, like, I can't remember the exact line, but they're like, if you can't, like, get them to your side or you can't find the good orcs, just visit the headhunter and he can help you out. And literally the dude, like, there's a micro, you go to the microtransaction shop, there's a dude there, his name's the headhunter as far as I know, and they're literally referencing him in the story. Wow. Eh, that's not that bad, though. It's not like his name is, like... And that, it's like, it's not like they're taking, at least he's, like, a character in the game and, and not, like, I don't know... He's like, there's just an ATM sitting in the middle of Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, walk up it, to the, the stuff in that like game doesn't bother me shit. that much, but it's just, I just thought that was a little bit weird. Yeah, because like yeah. the fir- the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Is there some mechanic I missed? Like, no, that's the microtransaction shop. They literally just told you to go buy stuff <laughs> in the story of the game. 
Like it just it just it's, it it's comes weird off what a little bit weird. Me off about this stuff though, because like when I see like an amiibo in an amiibo box in Splatoon or in Rabbids, I'm like, okay, whatever. It's Nintendo. There's gonna be amiibo stuff in here, and I like kind of like whatever with it. When I was trying to buy amiibos, I was like, well, I really can't find the ones I want. And I just wanted them for the in-game thing, not for collecting them. That's really annoying. The, the you know, the forced scarcity or whatever is annoying. And then it's like, uh, but that stuff, like, only bothers me to, a, like, a small extent. But, like, whenever it's this other stuff, like, this big intrusive things, I think it's just because of that divide. Like, if I'm in a menu area or whatever, that's fine. Like, a mm-hmm. hub thing. But, like, yeah, I don't want to see, like... I guess it would really bum me out if, like, in Mario Odyssey, you, like, ran up to, you know, a world, and it's like, this world you can't even buy yet. You know? Oh, yeah. You're like, God. I would just... You just tried to capture a Koopa. You can't capture this Koopa until you give us $2. Right. It takes 24 hours for this Koopa capture to unlock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can speed it up with speed yeah. mushrooms. Uh, yeah, it's the worst. Don't listen to that yeah. Nintendo, right. please. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little. I'll have a little bit more to say about microtransactions, Shadow of War later. But they're right. overall, they're not the worst thing in the world so far. Um, okay, so we got a Switch update, four point Ooh, Switch four um, I bet it comes with some great stuff. It comes with one good thing, which is that it supports wireless headphones that use a USB <laughs> dongle. And I just checked it; the PlayStation Gold headset does work with it. So Ooh. I'm very excited. So about it that. came with functionality that should have been there on day one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> if the console had launched when it was likely supposed right. to launch instead of to meet the Zelda launch. Right. Uh right. Yeah. So of course with Nintendo they have one cool thing, they have to have like six uncool things. So uh <laughs> the update also also no support for Bluetooth headphones. So only stuff that uses a dongle. Um okay. and then the update also has the ability to transfer users and save data uh from one <laughs> right. switch to another. They right, fucked right. this up badly. <laughs> <laughs> So, you're let me let me. I'm gonna paint you a picture. You're walking down the street, right? You got your Switch out. You're playing Super Mario Odyssey. You're so excited because you have it a week before launch, and you don't even know how you got it. It was just in your Switch. You're so excited. Wow. You're walking down the street. A shady guy comes up to you and asks you if you have any change, or if you he bumps into you. He, I don't know. He does something, and then you you look away, and then you look back. Your Switch is gone. What do you <laughs> what? what What are you gonna do? That game's gone. It was a download, right. and, and it's gone. So you, like, okay. So they're 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 transfer. You're both. You have to have both systems to to do the transfer. So if your handheld system gets stolen, you can't transfer your user and save data. So I can't download all that stuff from like the PlayStation or Nintendo no. store, like you would on PS4. I mean, like, you, I, I'm, I'm assuming if, if, if that very specific situation where it got stolen happened, you could call Nintendo, they could probably do something for you. But you had this with 3DS, and it was a nightmare. Like, right, yeah, I did have some, and like I did have to call Nintendo at one point during the process, and they screwed it up, because they weren't listening to me. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to get through it again, and it was just a janky process. I would mm-hmm. hope that, you know, I mean, that's a 3DS, that's like a seven-year-old system, right? Or probably yeah, longer. right. But it's like you'd think Switch would be a little bit smarter about this stuff. And I thought they were trying to do that. Like, I've linked my Nintendo ID account for yeah. my 3DS. And 
You know, you'd think it would be yeah, like, like whoever has this switch, account yeah. can download this stuff to the system. Right. And and like we, you and I have both experienced that thing where we go over to someone else's PS4 and we're like, I wonder if I can download games, and you can. You yeah. just log into that system and you can download whatever you want. Yep. But the, you know, you can't play on both systems at the same time. Right. You so have to so have like that one time we were playing Overwatch and Kolar went onto my account and I logged out of the Overwatch game we were playing. Yeah. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> so so bad stuff can happen, but yeah, like but like for the most part it works. Like I can literally go to, you know, to unplug my external hard drive, take it to a buddy's house, plug it in, sign into my account, all the games are there. Like it's the yeah. easiest thing in the world for the most part. There's little hiccups here and there, but for the most part it's good. And then this update like so not only can you only transfer user and save data if both of your systems are on and connected to the internet. It also so like if you the system that you're transferring from gets wiped of that user and saved <laughs> right. it. So like it's that not like on 3ds as well. It's not like hey I'm going to my buddy's house I should I should sign in and get my like no your stuff is gone you can only have one switch active at a time it's basically like if Sony said you can only play stuff and download stuff on your home system and that's it there was no like other system. This there. is so infuriating like, because it it uses micro SD cards as external storage like why can't I just save it yeah. to that and pop it in and out? Because because yeah. Paul, if you put it in another switch, it'll delete everything because the switch doesn't like you. Yeah, it's like, stealing, Paul. You're a lawyer. Lawyer yeah. up. Come on, Paul. No, you know that people. You could pirate. <laughs> I know you're a pirate, Paul. You would find some way to. You'd get Zelda Breath yeah, of the Wild right. two early or something. Look, look. You just have to find loopholes. That's that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're built in by rich people. Like to make your I, country I just great. right. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is just another example of Nintendo, like seemingly starting to like understand, but then also totally missing like but, the point. But let's get to the real juicy one, the one that made you real angry. That's what I yeah. want to talk All right. about. Okay, so the other big thing in this update is they finally added the option to record gameplay. Well, that's great, Trev. I mean, Rocket League's coming out soon. I should be able to record whole matches and put them online straight to YouTube, right? Uh, no. Right? Like, no, like. So, there's right. so for one, no YouTube. I think it's Facebook <laughs> and Twitter is all you can do. That's all you need, uh, at least right now. Yeah, oh yeah, right. fucking that's brand these brand new uh, social media networks that are just like you know crazy. No one's even heard of YouTube. So you can there's you can only record thirty seconds of, of video, <laughs> which like at that point, why even bother? I know it's so bad. I mean, at first I was like, "Is it to save memory or what?" But like, even so, that's really bad. Yeah, and and seconds. then also in in the 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 post that I read on the Switch because it's on the, it's, if you go to the Switch uh, news tab, it'll be in there. They're like, also, don't worry, you can trim your video at the beginning and at the end. It's like <laughs> Nintendo. How much do you think I'm going to want to trim a 30 second video? I just want these five seconds. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> It's got to be longer than the ad that plays on YouTube. Oh, wait, you can't upload it to YouTube. Like, I okay, feel and like then Nintendo's the, the been biggest... watching my Rocket League videos on YouTube and has been like, God, there's I, I do not want to incentivize this guy to release his long videos anymore. <laughs> just and then, mileage. so probably the biggest, like, just crazy thing that they did with this, it doesn't work in every game. Right. Oh, that's right. It's I not. This. It's not even baked into the operating system. It works for <laughs> Zelda, Splatoon, Arms, and 
uh, Mario Kart, and that's it. That's all it works and for. I assume, and they're like, I assume every Mario Kart race and arms battle is only 30 right, seconds. Right, exactly. It, like, it's it's just so weird. Like, I just don't get it. Like, it's it's what? that's it, the whole thing is quintessential Nintendo. Like, yes, feature we really yeah. need, but implemented in way We're we did fuck not it up it. in like ten different ways. It, yeah, and I also think it's funny that you can use the wireless headphones, but like Splatoon still needs that app or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it doesn't really. Except it totally doesn't. But apparently it does. Like, they just turned it off or something. Like, <laughs> But it's just so it's weird. So like, Because, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know much about, like, like uh, building, uh, like, an architecture for a system or anything. But, like, the fact that you could record anything on the PS4 and, as far as I know, the Xbox One. Like, on PS4, I'm pretty sure you can just record your menu. Like, like your main, like, PlayStation menu. Meaning that, that that recording thing is always going because it's baked into the operating system and it's a yeah, part of the system. Right. The The fact that the Switch can only record these four games right now and then they're like, oh, don't worry, more are coming, tells me that it's on a software level, which is super weird. Like, yeah. why? I don't understand why you do it that way. Because it also seems weird that it's like, if it is on a software level, well, maybe then you could record longer on Rocket League because maybe those controls would be in there. There's already a save replay Mm-hmm. function within rocket league I mean, software because it's nintendo so, a you can't assume they're going to do anything different in the future because they may be like this is what we think is best so this is how you're going to do it but <laughs> right it is that but it, it like, can also be like they're, they're testing it out because they're like we're also nintendo and we're behind the curve in areas where we should have had basic functionality years ago and so they may be like we don't really know what we're doing <laughs> I, I don't know. It could be either. It could be like, we know what's best or we don't know what to do. Uh, I, I've never understood how, like, I remember playing Mario Kart's DS in college with the, like, you, you, if you use the DS and you played it online, it was impossible. But if you got the Nintendo Wi-Fi connector dongle, <laughs> just plugged it in, it would run seamlessly. It's like, finally, Mario Kart online. And it was amazing. Great like one of the best Mario Karts ever. And like I still can't play Smash Brothers on Wii U without it slowing down. At yep. some point there's going to be slowdown. And you'll see you'll hear Nintendo guys being like, "Well, there's slowdown in all fighting games." I'm like, "Not the ones I've played in the last 5 like it's Yeah, ridiculous. not in every match though, like not yeah. consistently. It's, and that's it's ridiculous. that's not the game. That's down to somebody's like internet speeds yeah. or their ping or something. Like there are ways yeah. that you can look at this stuff and be and blame it on things besides the game. It's it's just ugh, it's just so weird. All right, what else? What else is going on? Uh, Nintendo is reportedly encouraging mature titles on Switch. Obviously, you know they're they're bringing Doom, Doom Wolfenstein to Skyrim. Skyrim. Uh, I think the dude uh, I can't remember his name or the company or anything, but the guy that the the developers that make Galgun, that uh that, <laughs> right. that shooter where you, with the girl. Anyway, um, it's a very <laughs> adult porno shooter game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The, so the, they're making Galgun two or whatever, and the dude, the guy said that he thought that Nintendo would have no interest in it because you know it's a very adult themed game, and I yeah. can't remember exactly what he said, but he said that that's not their stance. Basically, it was just huh. like that's not you know exactly what should be how on they Switch feel. is is Danganronpa. 
Absolutely. Yeah, like, I mean... Those those games would be perfect just because of the visual novel style. They're yeah. obviously not going to push any graphical or technical right. limitations. It runs on Vita, right? So it's like, those games should definitely be on there. It kind of runs the trilogy. on Vita. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also, I thought this was really funny because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but I remember them saying in this article that... Uh, whoever they were interviewing said that they they were trying to pull in a wider audience, such as adults, with their January stream, which I believe that's the one we watched or where they, they revealed the Switch, right? The January one? I think so, sure. Okay. So they said that they were trying to pull in a, uh, uh, like a, a more adult demographic with that by making it look like a nightclub atmosphere. Oh, right. <laughs> yep like um maybe they should go someplace that isn't kyoto yeah and they specifically said they specifically said they were trying to pull in an adult western audience (laughs) with that and it's just like why don't you guys ask your western branch how to pull in a western audience like Like, don't do this (laughs) like uh stupid do you think they forget they have a western branch they're like Oh yeah, we do have Nintendo Yeah, America. Reggie's at the meetings being like, "Hey guys, are like who I'm Reggie." Oh, right, Reggie. How's it going? Anyway, be quiet. We're 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 discussing <laughs> business over here. Like I don't I just I don't get that. Like like sure, we were talking last night or this morning about how uh yeah, your night, my morning. Yeah. We were talking about how like Sony and Nintendo are both super weird companies and do things that we don't understand, but like right. the difference is Sony I I feel like is more uh like accepted and like do does more of the things that people want because they listen to all their different branches more right like it's not just the like like they listen to the to the western branch they listen to like everything like they're all i feel like they're all like equal parts of the decision making for the most part whereas nintendo it feels like it's it's not like reggie is is there and i'm sure reggie has like some amount of like say and stuff but like for the most part it seems like he's like a figurehead for the western like it, it feels like Nintendo. Nintendo isn't a company so much as a Yakuza. It's like <laughs> ten guys in, sitting in a room who only lose power when they die, and they just sit there, and no decision can be made unless all ten of them agree. And the decisions are like Star Fox must have motion controls. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, we haven't done that before. <laughs> Miyamoto saw bugs, so now Pikmin exists. <laughs> It's just weird. It's yeah, it's a it, weird thing. Yeah. It'll never stop being weird. We could obsess over it for years to come, but I will say that I'm enjoying my Switch. Yeah, I love a Switch. lot of Stardew Valley on that it. Pro Controller is great. Hey, did you I get have, one sure? No, uh, it's so I will good. get one eventually, but yeah, it's it's maybe the best controller on the market right now. All right, all right. Let's move on. What else have we got? Uh, uh Sony is Oh yeah, Sony's making Switch games, right? Yeah, they created a a uh, a label called Unties. I don't know how you say it. It's U N T I E S. Right. Uh, it's created under the Sony Music Entertainment brand, though. So not Unties? Sony, not like S I E. Um, I guess. Yeah, Unties. I yeah. don't know. Um, but they've been created with the intention of publishing games across platforms, including like Switch and like not just PlayStation platforms. Like so they're basically going to become producers for indie titles. Right? Yeah, they'll and be like publishers bring, for yeah, yeah. publishers. I, yeah, it was like an indie publisher was how I heard it. Yeah, that that's what it sounds like being described. But it is funny, just in general, that I mean, because like this would theoretically the of Sony is making games for Nintendo. Right. right. Would there be a Sony logo on these games? You think? 
Or would it just well, be the Unties logo or whatever? Well, it'd probably I, be the Sony Music, or maybe maybe that's why they create a brand for yeah, it. Yeah, it'll probably so just say Unties, yeah. so they don't have to put PlayStation or Sony anywhere on it. Right, right because I, it sounded to me like it wasn't um, created by Sony Computer Interactive Entertainment. Yeah, if I got that no, right, it was right. actually by no, no, like, you're right, you're right. One of the huge conglomerate. Some, yeah, some it, other it's, it's Sony it's, specifically. It's, it's a Sony it doesn't seem to be PlayStation, right? Like, yeah. And, and it, it doesn't seem like they're going to be developing the games. Besides, they're just right. going to be. I did. Like, I did uh, like how the game them. was still not being published on Xbox, though. I got a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's it's funny and it's kind of cute. It's like Sony. Sony was going to make the that disc system right with. Uh, yeah, they were the, going to make the PlayStation the, the with Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, the Nintendo PlayStation. Right, and then Nintendo. Went with CDI at the last minute because Nintendo's the worst girlfriend ever. Right. And 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 Sony's just this like fucking jilted lover that's like, see, we can do fine without you, but is now testing the waters about getting back together. Well, I think this just shows that maybe like, I mean, I guess again, this isn't PlayStation making this call, so who knows? But like, until the Switch Sony. gets I way mean, bigger, like I don't see, I I don't see how Sony can see them as a like. A th- not a threat, but like this, like like they see Xbox, where like it's like this hated rivalry thing, or at least it seems to be. Yeah, because um, they're not really rivals, you know. It's yeah. like it's like it's its own thing. Well, it's, Switch it's, is. It's, I still feel like Nintendo and Switch is the console that like it's your second console. It's your supplementary console to the like PS4, or Xbox that you buy or your PC. It can't or not be because it just doesn't have enough titles. If you're an avid gamer, you're going to go through right. everything on the console very quickly. Yeah. Um, all right. All but right. we'll see if we get anything good out of that. Um, the Overwatch Halloween events live. Right. We got some uh, cool new skins. Cthulhu Zen. Yes. And best sexy skin they've done monster, yet. Symmetra. Dr- yeah, she's uh, a dragon. Um, we got Reaper, <laughs> Dracula Reaper, which I don't really like. I think it looks kind of weird. It looks weird. Yeah. Um, we got. What else did we get? I feel like I feel like there's only like three or four skins. I feel that like actually there's a matter. McCree skin, but I forget what it is. Yeah, he's Van Helsing. He's got yeah, right. He's, oh, right, he's right, got right, the right. he's got one of his. <laughs> there's one like of his a Zarya skin like a where she's like an eighties. Oh yeah, I or... love that skin. Her best skin. That is her best skin, hands down. <laughs> it is pretty cool. If I ever um, want to play Zarya, I need that skin. I. It's too bad there's no Orissa skin. I would love a new Orissa skin. I would love um, them to redesign the character model of Orissa. Oh, maybe there'll be an Orissa reindeer skin for Christmas. Yeah, that's probably. The and that thing. seems, but like, that, yeah, I just, obvious. I, I don't see how that Arissa design, like, it's just for, personally for me, I find that design super lame. Like, I just it's, think she looks. It's weird. not. She's not the coolest looking character. Yeah. but I like even I the like color the palette. I find is weird. Yeah, yeah like, I don't know if it's supposed all, to be all like the traditional African bright colors or something like that. But I don't know. It seemed. I remember them saying that they wanted to do uh, the the female community was i mean female gamer community was complaining that their their skin their characters were not complex enough mm-hmm. looking is the oh. the male characters were all more complex so they wanted to do something that was super complex and they they succeeded in that it's a more complicated design but it's not necessarily the most aesthetically pleasing design yeah i just however it does it, i to me it looks like a a robot that could have been pieced together by a kid because <laughs> it looks like sure. a big like i mean i like that she has like pigtails like i think that's cool she does yeah or wait pigtails am i saying that wrong the the, the she has the wendy's hair um those are pigtails right i thought those were tusks maybe i'm looking at it wrong i don't know 
Yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're both. You're um, talking about the same thing. Like she's got the things that fall. Uh, down right. The side I always just looked at them as pigtails. Um. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, that would be cool if they gave her just a skin that like changed her a lot. Like you know, same body style yeah. and everything, but just something that changed her a lot. But uh, yeah. So I mean, the Halloween events live. I like it so far. Halloween was my favorite event last year, and so far it's my favorite event this year. Um, yeah, the PVE thing is cool. With the yeah, Junkenstein's Revenge She's is good. Scary. It's it's pretty similar. They added in Symmetra, and she brings in and a shield generator, mode, which is super annoying. Is great. Like, I've only done the, it once, and we didn't Torbjorn make it very now. far. Yeah, that's true. He, he did. He, did oh. he does kill a lot of people. Sure, got Torbjorn. so many eliminations with Tor. <laughs> well, yeah, you just yeah, have the turret, and the guys yeah. just walk forward at the turret. Like they actually, they actually made it so that the Grenadiers and Junkenstein himself target target the, the yeah. turret. Yeah, which is smart. really clever because it's it, it gives you something to do because then you not only repairing the turret but also uh, trying to get the headshots on the specific enemy classes. Mm. It, it gives me a better sense of what a bigger PVE mode could be because there yeah. it, there was like when I when I was playing it I'm like this is fun but it's also really easy. What would be great is if the grenadiers went after me first because I knew I was a threat and they can lob and they did exactly that and Junkenstein's at the perfect angle to just toss those things down at you. So it was it was pretty satisfying. If you think it's too easy, dude, you should play the regular mode on like hard or whatever and no like thanks. some of the higher it, it's yeah. But but like yeah, those are just like literally like oh if the McCree and the Ana don't understand that they have to do electric cowboy or whatever to kill everyone. <laughs> electric cowboy. That's that's what they call it. that's the nano <laughs> Right, I mean it makes sense. Um Other in order Overwatch to kill news. the Mercy, like it doesn't it's not gonna work. The they sped up Lucio's speed boost coming off of walls by sixty percent, and they changed the way Mercy's all uh, Mercy's res works in combination with Valkyrie, but it's kind of confusing, so you might want to look it up yourself. But basically, when she activates Valkyrie, she gets a bonus res charge, but your old res still has its current cooldown, so you just get basically a bonus res with Valkyrie, but it disappears when Valkyrie ends. So that's bizarre but it yeah it, sort it's, of it sounds super complicated way. but i assume it'll make perfect sense the second we start playing with it right right um all right we've been doing news for a while now what else what else we got? uh dragon age direct creative director mike laidlaw has left bioware um i don't have much more to add than that other than another person has left bioware um and he was he was in charge of inquisition it sounds like it at least create you know creative director um yeah so we'll, we'll see um I mean, they still got Casey. It's just, it's just weird that like, that's what the third person in the past three months to leave Bioware, like high up person. Um, I blame EA. Yeah, I mean that's probably true. Um, yeah. WWE 2K18 has come <laughs> out. Um, sounds like Lots it's kind of bad. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. it's actually kind of bad. Um, All these new wrestling games have been pretty bad, apparently. They don't yeah, sound they're very good. They're, they they sell though, so they they have no reason to fix it. Um, right. But it has Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders is a playable character. If you want that, Rob Riggle as Colonel Sanders or Jim Gaffigan. As I Sanders. I don't know. I I couldn't tell. Um, but and also they put in the the outfits. So you can change any wrestler to wear the Colonel outfit. Um, but yeah, I thought that was funny. Anybody that you know, they've been doing these like Colonel Sanders bits with KFC for the past couple months, where one of them dresses up and they anyway. Um, it's dumb wrestling stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, CD Projekt Red says Cyberpunk 2077 is progressing as planned. Um, they're just—they're not talking about it because they said they're like really busy and they just want to focus and not have to like you know give interviews and stuff like that. Um, 
And then another thing, I, I double checked sure. I think last time we talked about Cyberpunk, we weren't sure what they were basing it off of. I think it's a tabletop. Yeah. It's a tabletop game. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Like, yeah, so that, so that's what it's being based off of. Well, I'm psyched just to see whatever they come up with. They can take as yeah, much time as they totally. want because I love it. I love Witcher Three, so whatever they want to do, I, I'm I would it. be surprised if we didn't see anything by E3 next year. Like Probably I, see a I expect, at least, we'll right? see. Well, I mean, we've already gotten one. Like it wasn't gameplay, but there was a trailer. Right. I, I assume um, we'll see a little bit. Yeah, of I expect to see else. gameplay by E3 next year. That makes sense. Because um, originally they were like, we're going to talk about Cyberpunk in 2017, and they didn't. So I'm assuming, hopefully. But again, take as much time as you need. I'm sure they'll do great. Um, and then the last thing I have here is, uh, Paul, you brought this up to me like an hour ago. The Naughty Dog uh, thing where right. apparently yeah. somebody that- quit and then said that they had recently like t- went to HR and, and made sexual harassment uh, claims against someone else. Yeah, it's it's super weird. Um, one of the environmental artists, I think, went on Twitter, um, and he said that basically he was actually had a mental breakdown. HR got involved, and at one he basically said, "Well, I was sexually harassed, or whatever, or not, or whatever." But you know, details are vague on this. Right. Um, by one of the leads um, on the project, um, and um, was basically fired right after this. Um, Naughty Dog hasn't really responded to comment. The the guy that that claimed to be sexually harassed was fired, right? He yeah. was fired, yes. Okay. Um, and um, there was some. Uh, they did track down some anonymous sources who said, like, well, we don't know why this guy would lie. He certainly did have a breakdown, but we can't believe the company would do this. I mean, Naughty Dog's kind of weird. Um, there's a lot of in them um, on Jason Schreier's book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Um, but they, you know, they, they're a studio that renowned, like they pride themselves on crunching and spending these insane hours on the game. And, you know, this is, um, just certainly an odd story. I, I, I would be surprised if this is the last we hear of it. So I'm kind of curious to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll have more to say eventually whenever this stuff, I feel like there's always like potentially I, I just feel like we don't really know much about naughty dog on the inside like what ha- like day-to-day stuff like what goes on just because like you know like amy hennig left and we were like that's weird and then like uh i think with bruce straley just left uh relatively right. recently did, yeah he, he did he, last of last us and uncharted us. with uh neil Druckmann, and it's just it's just weird that these people are leaving like potentially like when naughty dog's never been hotter and it's just like with last of us 2 coming out uh, in the next couple of years and everything. And it's just, it's always seemed weird to me when people leave Naughty Dog because I don't, like, f- from just looking at them playing their games, seeing what Sony says about them, they seem like the studio in gaming as far as, like, AAA, big budget, story based, linear games. Right. And, well, Straley doesn't. At the same time, we don't. Yeah, Straley doesn't surprise me if you read, sorry, I'm referencing the same book again, but. You know, basically, he and Druckmann did Last of Us, and then mm. um, they were both going to take a breather, and then they got brought on to finish Uncharted Four. So they basically right. went from crunch project to crunch project, and yeah. that just sounds intense. So, like, yeah, that's the, a, the that, nature that's a of good burnout. Point, I, mean. I I can I can just totally see that if you're, you know, working from fourteen hours a day for months on an end, like that's yeah. kind of reminds me of the Pixar story where John Lasseter just kept wanting to go on vacation but they like couldn't make the pixar movies without him so they're like we don't know what to do with toy story 2 so we had to like come in and like save the day and stuff 
I feel like the first one he didn't direct was, um, or didn't have, like, super hands-on was, like, Monsters, Inc. or something like that, where he could, like, finally take the, like, uh, his foot off the pedal a little bit. But, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, even if you have these, it's not just that, like, you're, you've got these, like, platinum album type games, like, it's, it's just that, like, for a creative, it can really kill you. It could be, like, like you said, blood, sweat, and pixels, like, that phrase has real meaning because it's like right. any of these creative endeavors, especially a game like Last of Us or an emotional experience like Uncharted. It's like the reason we like these games is not just because they are functional pieces of technology, but they're great pieces of storytelling. And like Last of Us, I feel like is one of the best pieces of artwork that has come out of gaming. Yeah. So like it's, you know, it's it makes sense to me that that could be grueling for any creator. And also like, you know, you see, like, these uh, people even doing these big Marvel movies, and you're like, why would they want to stop? It's like, well, maybe it's because you've gotten so validated under a big studio system that you want to do something personal again. And, again, it's hard to hard to find the time or energy to do something uh, personal when you're on somebody else's clock, especially the clock of somebody who loves crunch time. So it, it, might, it might not be as um, complicated or as divisive as you know we might worry that it is it could just be that like yeah it could just be burnout and could be just like i need to go on sabbatical and like live life before i'm able to create art again because like games are pieces of tech but they can you know the best ones can also be works of art and have a little piece of the creator's souls in them and it's like you know you look at any album by a band uh that you like or something like that and sometimes they don't sometimes they do them like years back to back because they have a lot to say and sometimes they don't do it for a year or like authors and stuff like that it's you know it's it's sort of like it's not exactly alchemy but sometimes the it can feel as random as alchemy just like where the creativity comes from so like it's you know i i i too want to know about corporate intrigue and clearly this naughty dog sexual harassment situation is is definitely qualifies as intrigue and something strange going on behind the scenes uh, but like I think in these other cases, it could be just as simple as like, wow, we uh, we need to pull our we've been underwater for so long. We need to put our heads back up and yeah. like maybe maybe take a a stroll on the beach for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If 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 they're getting burnout, then the studio needs to do something to remedy that. You know. I mean, and yeah. They they you would you would hope that is the thing. It's just the problem with being part of a. Uh, an enterprise like that is that there's little it's sort of like you said uh, with the wrestling games it's like there's little incentive to slow down Mm. when it's still working yeah do you know what i mean it's the strike while the iron is hot capitalism there's never there's never a point in u.s capitalism where you're like it's okay okay it's time to make less money this quarter like even if it makes sense yeah there's just that thing where it's like i think anybody who's been part of a business venture where their personal stake or risk high, high risk is involved like um you kind of just want to keep going because it's like you know we've got something we've got something that works let's let's keep going it's not like the like uh, marvel is a good example in their marvel movies it's like you don't they're not going to take a break for two years and be like let's take a break for two years so our next movie is really really great no they're going to release three other <laughs> and granted they have a deep well of like um decades of comic book history to pull from Mm, so it's not like they have to invent stuff every year if they had to invent stuff every year then sure these 
uh, you know, these movies might get even even more flimsy. But like, um, yeah, if you're if you're a gamer or, or game developer and you're making these original IPs and you have to keep, you know, it's it's the same reason that like the the Game of Thrones show can outpace the books. It's because they're they're drawing from the well of stuff that's already been created. Uh, and can just produce it immediately. And he's sitting there being like, I don't know what happens next. I have <laughs> yeah, to devise yeah. all of it. So it's, you know, I, I I, do know, you know, these can be high stress situations. And obviously there can be some level of intrigue and stuff like that. But sometimes it's just basically the limits of humanity. Yeah. I mean, I, when we were watching that, I watched that basketball game this week. It's like, you've got these, they, everyone's hyping this like battle between LeBron and... Kyrie, it's like you know who will come become the victor, and it's like that's the hype train that's going into it. And then it became about this horrible injury. This this guy uh, like basically destroys his leg on national television, and it just becomes this thing. It's like we worship these athletes like demigods, but they're still human beings like the rest of us. And like all all our celebrities, they might be incredible people, they might be Beyonce, they might be whoever we might worship them like gods. But they're still human. They're still fragile at the end of the day. They're still squishy meat puppets, like Bender the robot might say. So, like, you know, it's, it is, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we can be strong. We can climb Mount Everest and stuff like that. But it's like, you gotta, you gotta, it's like that thing. It's like, it's that feeling when you're, like, working your ass off and you're like, I could, I could keep working right now or I could get really sick. And I have to know what my limitations are. Or if I get sick, how that's going to affect me for the rest of the week. So it's like... That's something I'm dealing with just in a day-to-day thing of like, man, I really want to stay up and play Danganronpa. I really want to get to the next chapter. And when I wasn't working, I could really do that. And I, I did it like one night this week and I really, really regretted it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I was like, I was like, wow, I'm just going to hit snooze five more times. Now I have no time to eat breakfast this morning. And oh my God, this is going to snowball my whole week, isn't it? How do other people, how do other people do this? It's just, it's crazy to me. So, um, I mean, if you're, if you're like me and have a period of your time where you can just dedicate it to being creative and gaming, uh, enjoy that. Cause you know, that's not the experience for most people. Um, and I'm definitely looking back on that period of my life being like, I'm glad I had it and I'm excited about this new part of my life. But like, I do miss, I do miss being able to like my, what, why, what I've been playing this week is going to be shorter than ever. Right. I feel like, mm. Oh, but I did. Um, I did want to tell you guys that I saw Blade Runner. How uh, was it, man? With with my family a couple weeks ago, and uh, I heard we're not gonna do a full movie segment this week, but like, it was really enjoyable. It was um, it was a better noir than it is a sci fi movie, I would say. But it, as far as noirs go, I thought it was really satisfying. Um, it wasn't the best movie of all time, but I think it was like. I think the most interesting movies that I've seen this year are that, um, uh, Baby Driver and Dunkirk. Dunkirk was probably the best of the three, but Blade Runner is probably second. And it's you know it didn't do very well at the box off the box office, which is a bummer uh, because that probably means they won't make any thoughtful yeah. sci-fi movies for a while. But uh, you know it's like it could just be fatigue. I mean, Blade Runner comes out after this. Uh, I mean, one, it's another movie with Harrison Ford in it reprising an old character from the 80s, uh, which to me is not my favorite part of the movie because it's like, I know everyone likes Harrison Ford, but it's just like, to me, when you see aged Harrison Ford being like, it's me, the old Blade Runner, I'm like, (laughs) God damn it, you're old. Like, just move on, man. Like, I know he probably doesn't even want to do these movies anymore, wants to do other stuff, but like, 
It's just like, I don't need to see old Indiana Jones. I don't need to see old Han Solo. I don't need to see old Blade Runner, dude. I just want to see the new thing. And like, they've tried to do RoboCop and it didn't quite work. They tried to do Total Recall again. It didn't quite work. And now here's one that actually does work. And everyone's just so fatigued. They're like, yeah, that eh, doesn't we're make not going to go see money. it. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of a bummer. I, uh, um, I saw, um, happy death day, happy right? death day. Yeah. So, it's actually really so, good. I looked it up afterwards. I didn't even know it came out. That's how far from movie news I've been lately. So it sounded interesting. What's the setup? It's like it's groundhog day or something. Yeah. <laughs> so this girl gets, uh, basically she gets killed and then she wakes <laughs> up and it's the day over again. Like it's, it's her birthday, which is the day she died. And then she keeps dying. So the movie's basically about she she needs to like figure out what's going on, who her killer is, and like break the cycle. Break the cycle, basically. Yeah, that's that's that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was actually a really fun movie. It's not super scary. Um, like it's it's they said it was like a sly horror comedy. Almost. Yeah, it, yeah. There's definitely parts where I felt like it was more comedy than horror, but it was very enjoyable. I, I love I, movies I, like I, that. I liked, I liked it a lot. Uh, that reminds me of. Um... What's that movie that Sam Raimi did? Drag Me to Hell. I really had a good time mm-hmm. with that one. Um, Paul, do you have any favorite horror movies or games? We talked a little bit about that. It's still Halloween, so you might as well bring it up. No. Um, not really a genre. Just never really been into that movie or game-wise. So, uh, Do you have anything, any movies you saw as a kid that really freaked you out? Man, The Little Mermaid fucked me up what? as a kid. <laughs> Ursula. Wait, part of Little Mermaid. Oh yeah. When Ursula Forest gets big, souls, man. yeah. When you're two, oh, yeah, that man. Is scary. When you're two, <laughs> when you don't you're need... two. <laughs> or whatever. I, I, I don't even like remember the movie. I just remember putting that on, and I'm be like, I'm gonna have to hide behind the couch, mom. I don't know why you're putting this on. I remember <laughs> the scene when a lot of kids. I remember hearing. I don't remember if it was me specifically, but a lot of kids were scared by Monstro the Whale and Pinocchio. Uh, for me, it was the scene in et before et uh is you find out he's friendly uh-huh. he's going out to follow the trail of reese's pieces um, to the shed and it's just so foreboding and freaky. Yeah. the first time he meets et that used to scare the crap out of me but the one that really scared the crap out of me it was chucky and i never yep. saw chucky but it always made me think my toys would come alive you never I saw have, it like I never saw, no, not even as a kid. I would just see the trailers and I would see, oh. like, there was in, in the store, they had big movie posters on the wall. Yeah. And they had one for Chucky, too, where he's got, like, the scissors and he's about to cut off the head of the jack-in-the-box. Yeah. And, like, I would see that poster and I, like, remember I had to cover my eyes while I was in the <laughs> checkout because it freaked me out so wow. much. I wouldn't be able to sleep. Chucky, yeah, Chucky was I unfortunately saw me. those movies when I was, like, five and six. That explains a lot about you, you twisted monster. <laughs> uh... So I just had to put all my toys in the closet and the closet <laughs> right. I had to go to bed. <laughs> right. Did, was there anything that really freaked you out when you were a kid like that with Chucky too, uh, Trav? Um. Yeah, I used to watch. Did you guys ever watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That that show used to scare me sometimes. I'd watch that after school at my grandma's house, and if it was a really scary episode, I'd follow her around the house. <laughs> while, she, while she was working because like she worked from home and she'd have to be like walk through the house and she'd be like why are you following me i'm like i'm just hanging out like don't don't mind me uh, you, know what, you know what really freaked me out like maybe five or six years ago was that movie orphan oh i didn't um, see that one i didn't see that it's one. a pretty fun movie 
um, and well done. And I kept, like, after I got home, I was, like, alone in the house. I was living in in L.A. And I kept being creeped out, like, someone else would be in there with me. But it's, like, of the horror movies, it's, like, not even, like, paranormal activity where it's, like, oh, you hear something. It could be a ghost mm. or whatever or a demon or whatever it was. Uh, because, like, an orphan, it's, like, a fucking orphan. It's, like, I didn't adopt an orphan. Yeah. What am I afraid of happening here? <laughs> I, I, I think I recently saw that on, on YouTube somewhere. Some people talking about it, talking about its twist ending or whatever. Oh, yeah, twist ending is, is but, really fun. But, um, I, yeah, I did see what that was, and that seemed cool. It was, I mean, it's it's just a really well shot, really creepy and satisfying movie. Um, I remember seeing Final Destination 2 while I was in high school, and that was not really scary, but so gory. Like, in that movie, whoever directed that movie, I think, thinks that human beings are made of spaghetti on the yeah. inside. He's <laughs> just, like... Because when, like, people don't even have skeletons. They're just, like, bags yeah. full of ragu sauce. Yeah. That's how that movie conceives the human body. Not exactly a med- medical school class there. Um, all right. So, should we move on to what we've been playing this week? Yeah. We got a big yeah. segment for Trav because he's got uh, Shadow of War. I won't call it Shadow of Mortar like I always do. It's Shadow <laughs> of War. So, Trav, tell us about what your orc army is looking like. Uh, it's looking pretty ignored at the moment. I actually haven't put that much time <laughs> in the past couple days. Um, so I went through some weird phases with this game. In the beginning, I so they changed the combat in a way that I don't know necessarily works super well for the game. Right, um, right. You went from being a like times eight batman hit multiplier to being a meter yeah they, up, it went right? from being combo based to being a meter basically in shadow of mordor you know you get you get it uh your combo counter to times eight or times five later in the game and you can do an execution or two depending on your upgrades right in this one you have a meter that you fill and when you fill it you can do an execution or like a wraith flash or whatever or a fire shot with your bow and arrow um right but that meter doesn't fill up at the same speed. So, like, you can get a times eight hit, and you won't have the meter filled yet. So, like, it's you don't get as many... It's weird, because it kind of evens out, because you don't get as many actual, like... You don't fill up the meter as often as you would get a times eight multiplier in Shadow of Mordor. But there are skills to to where, like, for instance, if you do an execution, you can then chain the execution to two more people at the cost of spirit or whatever you're like slow down time stuff yeah. so it, it still evens out to you getting roughly the same like kills i just personally for me don't think it feels as as good it doesn't flow as well right um like there, there's less there's less uh like you're less incentivized to keep up these like long combos hmm. you know um right. and there is there is a way to like one of the uh, upgrades you can get actually essentially makes it like that where like your hits get gain you more meter per hit and theoretically once you get to times eight you'd be close to getting it but the game seems to be more in favor of you because another thing is like your meter doesn't go away when you when you drop the combos anymore like if you're doing it the other way like you just have the meter if you get hit it'll go down a little bit but like you keep it in between fights so it seems like the game is actually like built around you potentially going into certain fights with meter already hmm so I've actually gone back. Oh, to right. Tra- with that stealth thing, right? Right. Like there's stuff you can do to like, there's even a, you can even upgrade it to give you meter when you stealth kill guys. So interesting. Like it just, so there's, there's lots of different ways about, to play. When we talked about this game initially, the way this works now is that like Trav's still awake at like, what is it? It's like 
5 a.m. your time, yeah. maybe. And it's like 6 a.m. my time, and I'm driving to work. And so now Trav and I, because we're on different sleep schedules, I, I call him on my way to work, and we chat about what's going on. Uh, and so he was telling me over the course of a couple days that like he was playing this game for a while, and like he was st- he f- felt like he was still in the tutorial. So are you officially out of the tutorial now? Because it sounded like it was like a 10-hour, 12-hour yeah, tutorial. I'm out of the game. tutorial... Yeah, I think the the problem is the mission structure just feels like it's always a tutorial because, like for instance, like you'll have mission markers that are like, oh, take over this this part of the world or whatever, and like that's fine. But like the fact that that's there and not just something I can do with the Nemesis system makes me it makes it feel a little bit more like a tutorial than than it should. But but yeah, I'm I'm out of the of the tutorial that took like ten hours. Like I have, I have everything, and I mean I haven't unlocked everything, but or I haven't upgraded everything, but I've unlocked the ability to get almost everything. And <laughs> Wait, t- tell everybody that story about that maggots guy. That was pretty uh, funny. So you know, the Nemesis system is still really cool in this game. It still does a lot of cool stuff. Um, I had I fought this orc who was like a no name guy. Uh, I mean, he was a captain, but it wasn't like he didn't leave an impression on me or anything. And I killed him, and then. Uh, I was doing something. I was fighting somebody, and then from behind me, another orc came up, and it was this dude again. Uh, but he was like covered in maggots, and he, <laughs> he, he told me he told me like this. He started monologuing about how after I killed him, he was in the ground waiting for death, and then started to feel the warmth, and it was maggots going inside of him and like eating away the dead flesh and like raising him up. But now he's got maggots inside of him, and it's gross, and he feels like they and like it's torture. And then he, I killed him again. And then I was attacking another captain, and all of a sudden I got this big like ambush thing on my screen. And it was the guy again. He pulled me around, tried to kill me. Even more mad because this time he had like a, his whole face was like covered in a wrap. I think because I stabbed him through the face one of the times. And he told me an even longer story about the maggots again, telling me that he's gonna put the maggots inside of me and 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 all this stuff. And then that time I want to say I cut off his arm, both of his legs, and his head. And I was like, okay, this yet. dude's dead. And then yeah. uh, I I didn't play the game for like a day or two. And then right when I booted it up, the the next time I played it, five minutes in, I'm like, there's no way. And then the dude just is right there again. <laughs> Even more maggots. He's, he's got tape, all, like what looks like cloth and tape all over his body. And like, it's just, I, I haven't seen him since. So I think he's actually dead. But yeah, oh, that was man. super weird. Um, Have you gotten any other weird encounters with dudes? Yeah, you can actually be, I mean... I guess if you don't want to know anything about Shadow of War, then don't listen to this part. But, like, you can be saved now by your own orcs. So, like, like when you're doing that that last chance thing, you know, where you got to get the thing. If if you're out of last chances, like I did last night, one of them was about to kill me. And one of my orcs straight up just came in and blocked the shot for me. And then was like, I got got your back, boss. And then, like, started fighting for me. Isn't there, like, a fighting pit, too, where you can, like, train up your guys? Yeah, you you can make them fight other guys. But if they die in the fighting pit, they're dead. Like, mm. right, if, they, if right. they lose, and there's really no way for you to know if they'll win or lose. It <laughs> You're like the Michael random. Vick of orcs. Great. Basically, yeah. Um, and then there's also the online uh, invading other people's fortresses, which if you do a ranked mode of that and you lose your guys while doing that, they are gone. Oh, um, like, the guys that you uh, take with you are dead. Um, so it's like, yeah, you told me about that. That's like, it's like the FOBs in Metal Gear. Uh, right, you're, except right? you're just, you're except it doesn't seem like, 
when I get invaded by people, because like I get messages all the time, like so and so conquered your fortress. I'm not losing guys then. It's only if I specifically choose them to take to them, send in them on that thing with, and with which, me, and then they die. Paul, like, have they're you not started just taking away from you? No, no, I did. I did get it, but um, I've been too busy farming, man. Okay, gotcha. All um, right, sorry, that was just an aside. So, Trav, out of if you could give. Well, first of all, how far through the game do you think you are? Like, what um, percentage? My percentage of, of everything is, like, 60. So, main story, I'm probably, like, 60 or 70. Like, I'm reasonably close. If if I really wanted to... And j- it, it, the main story stuff I could probably beat, it's the, the, the uh, like, taking over the fortresses that takes a while. Because you've got to deal with the war chiefs. There's overlords now. Right. You have to, like... Get, gather your fortress to storm the castle. When you go into a new region, you don't have anyone. You need to work on taking all those dudes out. You can't recruit anyone above your level, meaning that you need to level up. And I was, it's, it's, it's a lot. I read in one of the reviews that basically you could kind of get to the end of the story and then like have to like super level up all your orcs. If you yeah, there's, a, there's an end game to it that, that sounds really cool where after you take all the fortresses and you beat the story... You then have to hold them off from Sauron trying to come and take them. That and sounds so bad. That's that how you get the cool. true ending is that stuff. And it sounds like a lot of like I saw a few of you were saying that that felt that's when the microtransactions felt like like pay to win or like yeah, like you sure. had to do it. But it sounds like from other reviewers that I've seen that. Oh yeah, you told me this. It's because they had to rush it. To it's because the they had to rush. Done. They had to rush through the game to review it, so they didn't have time to mess with the nemesis system and build their guys up organically as they right. were doing it. So then, when they got to the end part to get the true ending, they felt like they had to buy the orcs. Mm. That makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. If but you if have you're to if you're taking your game. time and yeah, I'm, I'm not like saying they did anything wrong. You know, they they had to do it for their job. But you know, if, if you're just it'll, it'll the mess game, up your review if you think that's necessary. Though. Right. So it's yeah. kind of a faulty perspective. Right. Or maybe it isn't. Who knows? It'll yeah. We'll know when you get there, sort of organically, since you're yeah. not on a time clock. Um, I have right, slowed so, down a lot though. Like. I don't think it's as good as Shadow of Mordor. Oh, really? Um, I think it, it has moments where it's better. And I think that, like, once I got out of the tutorial stuff and I was in the full game, I was, like, so impressed. I was I was just loving it. I was like, this is kind of like, I'm getting, like, Metal Gear Solid Five vibes from this. Like, this is really good. And then it kind of started to die down a bit. And I don't know if that's because I've been focusing more on story missions or what, but... I just feel like it's getting to the point now where it's going to start overstaying its welcome, and I'm not even to the end game yet. So mm. it's just that's interesting. Like it's good, but there there is a lot in there, and I just feel like. Do you feel like it's bloated? Like they said, like too much. I, I do feel like it's a bit bloated, just in the sense that, like for one, I feel like there's you know the way they do skills now is each skill has like two or three different add-ons that you can add you can have one at a time some of those seem really stupid and like like they shouldn't be there um some of them are great but like some of them seem like it's just like why would i ever want this um and like some of them have given me reason to to change my attitude about that but some of them also have just been like no this is literally never come up um <laughs> and then it's just like it's just kind of it's a long process of like taking over a a uh, a castle or a, a fortress, like it, which is good. Like I'm not saying it should be a short thing. Like like I, I enjoy that it's a long thing, but it is kind of a like grueling like go through. There's these thirty captains. There's six war chiefs. There's one overlord. Take out some captains. Put them on the war chiefs. Kill the war chiefs or take them over. Invade the. Ca- it's just like it's kind of a lot of steps 
that it can feel like you're, I'm never making progress sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's just a little bit like sometimes it, it reminds just, me of uh, Just Cause Three, in where in Just Cause Two I felt like anything I was doing when I would destroy a place was making progress, mm. but in Just Cause Three they took all the fun chaos and made it into a checklist of things you had right. to accomplish. And somehow making the fun more organized made it way less fun. Yeah, I feel like that's maybe a little bit true in this too. Like it does, it does feel, and that that could be part of the way I'm playing. Like you know, that, that could just be like, well, I feel like I need to take over these guys, then assault the war chiefs, then take over the war chiefs. Like, there's other ways to do it, but I don't know. I just feel like it's it's maybe a little bit too structured. Like the fact I don't know that yeah. I like the fact that there's literal quests that are like, take over this outpost. Here's the quest for that. Go here and activate this quest. Like, just let me, like, do it, do it. whenever yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. You know, like, it's just, like, I get that, I get that for the, in, to invade the fortress, you need a quest, because that com- com- comes with a whole menu of, like, here are your guys are taking in with you, here are their buffs, here are the debuffs, here's what you do. But, like, don't make me, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's, some of the stuff is weird that it's a quest. I just feel like maybe it, it would be more streamlined if it was just like, no, that dude's just here. Just, if you kill him, you did it, you know, as opposed right, to like, right. start this quest, get a cutscene, get some weird, like, monologue from the main character that doesn't make any sense, and then start. Like, it's, it's <laughs> right. just, it's weird. I always liked that in, like, in the first one, that was what was fun, is that you'd be, like, mid-battle and a guy would just be like, Ranger! And that's still happens, turn around. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I think that's that's the key core component of the yeah. game to me is, like, what made it unique, not any of the other stuff. Like, uh, I, I, I think, to me, it's about that moment of, like, oh, shit, story, not, not like, I have to activate this story now to get to the next part, but that everything I'm doing is part of a larger story that I didn't even notice, and the yeah. game is noticing stuff. I like that idea. Uh, well, I'm interested to see how you feel, finally. How would you rate it out of 10? If you had to, um, right now, based on yeah, just, just based on your your current uh, experience, probably seven, seven. Okay, yeah, that's being fair. like good, you know, it's good. Yeah, good. It it it, it could very easily be great. Uh, I just have to you know play more of it. Yeah. All right. So what else? Have you have anything else on your docket that you? Uh, yeah, I played. Uh, I played a decent chunk of Steam World Dig Two. Oh Switch. right, you said I would like that. Yeah, I think I you'd really like much it. Of the first one. Okay. Oh yeah, that's um, right. I forgot you did say you had the first one. Yeah, you should play I, that. I have the first one on Vita, I think, and I mm. have SteamWorld Heist, I think, on Steam. Um, but yeah, I have not. I don't. I haven't spent much time with either of them. Okay. So SteamWorld SteamWorld Dig One is actually pretty short. Like I think it's like four hours. Mm. Um, SteamWorld Dig Two is longer. It's not. It's not like crazy long. I think it's probably like eight to ten hours. But um, it's. So it's basically you're you're this robot, and, like a robot cowboy or rustler. Kind yeah, of thing, and right? you're and you end up being a miner, and you like have to go down right. and and you dig for minerals, and then you sell them to buy the upgrades. It's very like, and then you you also find, I can't I don't remember the first one very well, but this SteamWorld Dim Two specifically has a lot of like Metroidvania stuff where like you find something to. It's not really like to to get into an area you couldn't before. It's just to help you with your traversal and to help you. Uh, be more effective at getting the stuff that you want when you're mining. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's got really good music, uh, really good art style. Um, it's got a somewhat interesting story. Like it's not it's not like in your face a lot, but it, you know. Um, but there's been some interesting story stuff, you know, because this is a world out of with like robots and stuff. But it's still 
it seems like there's more like world stuff that you learn about in this one as opposed to Steam World Dig One. Um that that is potentially interesting. Um but yeah, especially if people are looking for Switch games that are like right meaty right. and not it's not gonna take you forty five hours or anything, you know, but it's 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 fifteen dollars, I think. Um twenty maybe. But like something that's you know, is it's super well made. Uh great graphics, great style, you know, great music, all that stuff. Uh, and just fun to play. Like I think, you know, you should really check it out. So speaking of indies on Switch, I know Paul's been playing Golf Story. I picked it up. I haven't tried it yet, so I do want to hear about that from Paul. But I do want to remind people: so we got you got some great indies on um, uh, Switch right now too. But the one we haven't talked about that much that I did play on uh, uh, my Mac was uh, Thimbleweed Park. Mm-hmm. All I haven't right. checked it out. It's a great adventure game. Fantastic. It's like a mix of. Um, x-files and true or uh twin peaks and a lot of pacific northwest gravity fallsy type stuff so if you're into adventure games if you like like monkey island maniac mansion day of the tentacle that kind of stuff full throttle uh grim fandango it's it's that kind of game and it's uh it's really fun we've also been doing a lot of stardew but first let's hear let's hear about uh golf story from paul yeah, so sure, last time you said, you know, you'd played, I think, it the Mario Golf on Game Boy Advance or Game mm-hmm. Boy Color. And, Color, yeah. Uh, which I had also played. I think that's the closest analog. Um, so, Golf Story. It's a great game, even now. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, yeah, it's a game, and I'm trying to f- explain why I like it so much. Um, it, it's a simple three-click you know golf system it is a golf game at its core um overhead so you know it's just press the button timing accuracy for your power and all of that um but it's the rpg elements are just really great um and the developer is australian um and it oh really yeah so you can really uh pick up on like some of the slang and you're just like what that's a phrase um and you're like you know what i don't care uh the game's very charming uh you start out and you're on um you've basically it's implied that you've left your wife or she's kicked you out or ex-girlfriend or whatever and you're like i don't care i'm gonna become a pro golfer even though you haven't apparently played golf um since a young child which is like the intro <laughs> tutorial and then you that's like that's more story than i thought it would have yeah just based on like the little logo and stuff yeah it was just like i thought it was just a golf well, game but there's like an x it's like an rpg story, right sto- yeah it is i mean story is half the title and it's half the game um and <laughs> <laughs> like there's literally yeah, okay. an overworld point, map point where taken, you yeah, got proven. you there sure uh, there's literally Objection. an overworld map overworld. where you walk in between the golf courses um Right, right. And you, the first from, one, uh, you go and you walk into this uh, course, and it's all run down, and it's run by this, uh, you know, scumbag <laughs> character, and you're trying to convince the uh, the the coach to actually coach you that you've got potential. And it sounds fun, yeah. So, and when you walk onto a course, right, you're not on like the actual playing course. Like each course has like. I, I guess they call it technically the mini course. And it's just like you can explore. There are things on the map to hit. You talk to people and they're like, oh, I bet you can't hit the ball off that alligator and then into the hole. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, $5 says you're wrong, buddy. Uh, and so you, you've got all sorts of little mini golfing challenges and all of that. Um, there's a few like hidden secrets and stuff you can do. 
Um, and you have to do like certain of those things to actually unlock um, the actual course where you play nine holes. And, you know, the premise of the game is that you're trying to make it to the pro tour. Uh, there's <laughs> lots of cute storytelling. The The pro that you have to beat is named Max Yards, who, who drives the ball very far. <laughs> uh, and he's he's like a complete jerk. Uh, it's like it sounds like Happy Gilmore by way of cartoons. No, uh, yeah, sounds all right to me. Yeah, and the events you have in this are biz- like bizarre. I don't want to like spoil the game for anyone. It's fifteen bucks. I'd say it takes you twelve to fifteen hours probably to play through the campaign and doing most of the stuff. But that's a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, you, I yeah. mean, there's one point where you're fending off the undead with the power of golf. Um, <laughs> so that sounds amazing yeah it's like they're like i don't yeah, know what story we, sounds great what, what are we gonna do and then like well, i guess we'll golf like it <laughs> so th- from a story's perspective i think the game just has a ton of charm uh that yeah it that it, and it really just works um you know the graphics i i think people a lot of people will like them you know it's the old somewhere between nes and super nintendo air uh graphics um and yeah you can actually go back and play a video they call it galf g-a-l-f um you can find (laughs) cartridges for the galf video game in there uh so yeah i highly recommend it uh totally worth 15 bucks i had a great time um the the one thing i'll speaking of uh oh sorry go ahead yeah there, the I did notice there there are a few glitches in the game. Um, it's a very small oh, development really? team. Um, I had to restart t- twice, I three times. The golf video game um, <laughs> is uh, mini game uh, froze up on me. I actually ended up not playing it a lot, even though I'm pretty sure there's something I could unlock doing it because I'd accidentally hit the ball and then it, it the game would loop. And I got frozen in place uh, once, but uh, I think there's like three developers. There's like a Reddit thread, and the developers like, "Oh, thanks for doing this. Like, this saved us like three months worth of our quality testing." Because <laughs> 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 so there's apparently going to be a patch for a lot of that stuff. But that's amazing. Yeah, so super fun game. Uh, highly recommended on the Switch. So Australia's really putting out some quality games. That and Hollow Knight. That's pretty impressive. Um, but what I wanted to say was when you're talking about the zombies is uh, speaking of the undead, you also played that Spectre of Torment game for Shovel Knight too, right? I did. Um, so yeah, right. uh, that's the one that came out just this year. Um, I've I, I played Shovel Knight previously. I tried Plague Knight and just did not get into it. I may go back to it at some point. Yeah, Plague Knight controls pretty weirdly. Uh, yeah, it does. It's and. It, it it just shows you how much more fun playing a shovel knight is basically yeah. right well and the, the other thing with plague knight is you you always have to like constantly go into the menu and adjust the bombs that you're using yeah, to the situation yeah. so it's like you're constantly pausing and i you know i think i played two levels is like not even done and the levels are virtually identical yeah they really uh, are um to shovel knight um, so Spectre is different in that way? Uh, Spectre, the levels are s- like fairly similar, but they're different enough. They're like remixes, right? Remixes. So Spectre Knight's really fun to play as. Um, a, he's got a huge... Can you fly? Uh, yes and no. One of basically the artifacts you get does let you hover. 
Um, his big thing oh, is cool. he he wall climbs. Um, ah, he's knuckles. Right, and you can. Um, so the the coolest mechanic is that when you're in the air, you can use your scythe to do a jump slash, which you can use to propel yourself upwards. Um, and you can use that on enemies, and they've also got environmental objects. So like there'll be entire screens when where there's like uh, not hardly any ground, and you're basically like timing all these attacks on enemies and um, that's cool the environmental objects uh, to traverse and you can also grind on rails and certain upgrades let you grind <laughs> on um, spikes uh, and I will say as compared to the first one like sh- like Specter Knight just feels like super powerful um, he's got some really cool uh, abilities that you can unlock uh, like unlocking a shadow Specter Knight that like mimics your movement so like if there's an enemy, if there's a wall in between you, you can cast this, and then your shadow will go through, and you can just slice them with the... Uh, oh, that's cool. And they did a really good job. I've noticed, like, the levels feel familiar, but they're different enough. I didn't feel like I was replaying the same game. The bosses are the same, but, they again, the fights are different. Um, and the, they changed the music, too. Uh, it's just super well done. Um, and if you have it and you haven't played it, you should go back and do it. Um, I think it took me five or six hours. Um, and I, I do think it, it's it's a little easier than Shovel Knight. Like I said, I, you feel more powerful. I feel like the scythe does more damage than the shovel. Weird, I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, Probably because the scythe is an actual weapon. <laughs> right, right. I mean, but that's just a theory. I don't know. No, but yeah, you should definitely check that out. If you're turned off by Plague Knight, which I totally get that's okay i didn't dislike it but it also was like i've already played this game right and it was more fun the last time right so i like i like plague knight as a character <laughs> as a character design i like all the little story stuff but i wasn't like enough to grab me you know right like i said i did like a level and a half and just stopped and then um but specter knight you'll play that and you'll want to play through the entire game so um but yeah and then the main thing sure that you and i've been playing and texting about constantly yeah. is uh stardew valley which is yes so amazing reason to own a switch right even though you can get it other places no such a perfect switch game and it makes me it makes me think about how much i loved uh playing minecraft the first time i got into it i was like maybe i should get minecraft on switch because i do feel like that would be the perfect way to play it um because it's like i love it'd be great to just fool around with minecraft on handheld and then throw it up on the tv and stardew feels the same way like it works either way um, it's just cause there's so much you can do with it. Like either, either size screen really lends itself to the experience, but yeah. How far, how far into Stardew are you? Uh, I am halfway through fall of year two. Um, so oh, wow. the advantage of, uh, I got, I had a really bad cold over the last like week and a half. So, right, right. um, basically my life has not been leaving bed and been playing Stardew, which has actually been, <laughs> Stardew has been perfect for it. Like. Like, Specter Knight yeah. would have been, like, too much effort for me to play <laughs> during this last one. But Stardew right, Valley right. was just, right, just the correct, the correct speed. But, uh, you know, I had played, I guess I played Harvest Moon 64 would have been the first one I played. And I'm... Okay, sure, yeah. I think after that I played either one for Game Boy or I may have gone back and played the Super Nintendo one. But, you know, if if you're describing this game to somebody, they're like, well, what do you do? 
well, you know, you plant crops, then you water them, and then you befriend the townspeople by giving them stuff you found by watering around, and then sometimes you do the fishing mini game, and then sometimes you go to the mines, like, and they're like, and that's a game? I, I would say you seduce women in a town and right. give them fabulous jewels, and then, you know, then you get a horse. It's <laughs> Right, and the horse, the horse is a game changer. I know. When you said how fast you got the horse, I was like, the horse was like the last thing I did in my first time through this game. And so I was like, I should get the horse because I, I did the um, woodland farm or the forest farm okay, this time, right. which gives you access to hardwood very quickly. And you need hardwood to get the stable for the horse. Um, and the horse is great, man. I love the mine carts too, but, right. but the horse is just fantastic. Um and I hate, I really hate farming, but I've gotten used to it just because it's such a core component of the game. Like, I hate watering. Like, I just uh, want, like, a bajillion iridium sprinklers and... Uh, buying just, one every you know, Friday. Perfect... What's that? You can buy one every Friday once you get to a certain point. Oh, really? For real. Wait, from, from that cart lady? No. Oh, man. Oh. Man, I don't even want to say that. That's possible spoilers. <laughs> but, really? Yeah. Oh man, I didn't know about that. Yeah. All right. Well, don't tell me. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> or we can talk about it later. I don't want to ruin it for myself. Um, I can hear you yeah, like it's, wicking it's... this now. Like, what do you? <laughs> I do. I do look a lot of stuff up after I play it a lot. But I, I have a very specific like with games like this. I'm like, okay, I'll try to figure it out myself. And if I can't, you know, I do have limited time. Right. Uh, so I'm just I have. Like, okay, if I can't figure it out after this, I have I'll, no I'll, like. I'll look it up looking up like what gifts villagers like and stuff i have no problem doing oh yeah i love to do that but, because it's like who cares right and i also just get so depressed when i'm like she's gonna love this and then she here's this it. diamond the, the most expensive mineral oh this is terrible what i lost friendship <laughs> right. points case jewelers has been Le lying Leah to me my entire like life <laughs> leah doesn't like it she likes folksy stuff oh, um <laughs> no but i mean this game is so good like I can't. Yeah. It, uh, made by one dude. One dude too. locked himself in a room for five years, basically, and made this. And apparently, he's making like a Hogwarts game next. Like not licensed, but like a game at a wizard school. Hmm. Um. Yeah. That sounds cool. He, he hasn't talked a lot about the the next project, but I mean, he's made. Uh. He, he, um. There's a whole chapter again in um Jason Char's book. <laughs> in Blood, sweat, and pixels. Right. <laughs> on this, and you know, but. Yeah, he had this dude had the most patient girlfriend who's like, she's supporting <laughs> him financially while he's working in his room just on his oh computer for like four and a half or five years, and he initially told her he's like, yeah, I think I can make the game in about three months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like if you just made the core components of the game, maybe, but I'm sure as soon as he made it, he's like, oh, there should be a desert. Oh, there should be a second fighting part. Like it's like, okay, great, right? But like, the sure characters paid off for him now, though. I, I yeah, think. I mean, it seems like like people like this twelve game. million dollars. Yeah. I think is what he's made. Wow. Yeah, he's doing all right. But uh, the characters in the game are so good too. Like. uh I don't love the dialogue as much as I want to, but the characters are well drawn. The, like the, they seem like the dialogue. You're you're spot on. The dialogue is not always great, but the characters are so well conceived and like, yeah. um, you know, we were talking about you know which which of the we're both from small towns, and I feel like there is that vibe of it that just yeah. reads true about small town life, 
and because it's like almost it's so predictably boring in all their behavior that like i think the most exciting parts of the game are like all right i gotta find whoever to give them the, that gift they want and you like go where you know they'll be and they're not there and you're like what oh and you, like, that's so go, frustrating and like, doing like and you're like but then you like learn something about their life it's like yeah they always do yoga on this day or they always go to the bus stop and you're like what it's like this is when abigail practices her flute and i'm like i didn't know you practiced the flute like they right. have little lives outside of you and i think that's that's just charming and, you know oh you, and well and i like i like remember i guess i think it's sebastian the emo one and he's like <laughs> yeah, i'm like right. oh wait he's smoking by the river that's why he's going outside because <laughs> his mom's the carpenter who's obviously going to be pissed if he smokes next to the wood <laughs> i didn't put that together it's true it's true and i love how it's just like casually a fantasy universe too and like some of the books are like some people think that aliens exist and you're like what what is this universe why are there no cars so, here what is going on one of the but, few things the guy who made it eric barone has said is that the next game is going to be set in the same universe actually because he's had all this lore oh. that didn't make it into the game. <laughs> it makes sense, though, because, like, you still haven't gotten the fairy cutscene, have you? I still haven't gotten the fairy cutscene, no, I don't, no. no. Have you gotten the witch cutscene? Yeah, I've gotten that twice, yeah. I... Okay, I haven't gotten the witch cutscene in this game, but I've gotten the fairy cutscene twice. They're basically the same thing. Okay, yeah, and um, then, um, like, there's the lost books that you can find, which you right, find right. by just randomly using your hoe in areas against those squirmy wormy things right because people are apparently bearing books from the library and that's why they're on the same <laughs> right but yeah there's a there's like a whole book on there on like the lost goblin culture and uh yeah right yeah oh Dwarves man this game's so good and people. it's so perfect on the switch because like i i have really what i call one more turn or one more day i just i was like oh, i'll just play one oh, more day my God. But then, like, a day's, like, 15 minutes, and then, like, you're looking. Yeah. And with the Switch, you can just turn it off and boot it right back up in the same spot. I know, right? That is so nice. So good. I, you just made me think, what if Civ's, Civ was on Switch? I would. And you could just hold it in your hands forever. It would be the worst and best thing ever. Right. Uh, productivity killer. Right. Um, is, it, is it my turn for yeah. what yep. I've been playing? Yeah. All right, so the only... I've been playing a ton of Stardew, too, even though I've already played it. Um, and I played some of the Overwatch Halloween event and had some fun with that with Paul. And, uh, really, besides just boning up on Player Unknown's Battleground, because I just hadn't watched much footage of it, I did a bunch of that this week. Oh, and I also watched, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts because I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but I listened to the Futurama podcast episode on Nerdist this past week, and that was really fun with Chris Hardwick guesting on it. I'm a big Futurama fan, and it's like you get, like, basically two episodes for free as a podcast and the episode is all about podcasts so it was really satisfying um but uh basically i've been the other thing i've been playing is danganronpa 3 so i'm not done with that yet but i'm very excited because it seems to be like uh even though a lot of the mechanics are basically the same and some of the newness has worn off. It seems like they're really playing with your expectations in a very bizarre way in this one. So I'm very excited to see what it's building to. Because like we've said before, apparently the twist is very strange. But um, Yeah, you saying that is kind of the only thing at this point that's going to make me actually want to pick it back up like soon. Like I, I, I'm I'm going to beat it. No matter, even if I didn't like it, I'd probably beat it. Just like it's, right. you know, it's staying in Rampa. But I don't know. This one, like I mean... 
you know, we've talked about it. This one just hasn't grabbed me in the same way. I don't way. think it's, it's, um, yeah, it hasn't really grabbed me in the same way. It's not addictive, but it's very thoughtful. And that freaks me out because they're, these games aren't usually very thoughtful in that way. They're normally like shock value games. Mm. And this game isn't a shock value game. It seems like weirdly like lore based and doing something weird and different. So um, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's it's interesting to me. It feels more like uh, the joke is on me than it is on the characters. Right, like if sure. the twist at the end of Danganronpa 2 is like, wow. And actually the twist at the end of the first two games is like, wow, these characters are fucked. But in this one, it feels like something creepy is going to happen to me, the player. So, sure. Mm. I are, think, like, that's the difference. Are, are you getting the sensation? Because I played 1 and 2 pretty recently, and I played them pretty much back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially yeah. playing them back-to-back, like, there are definitely parts in the second game where they're, like, setting you up to notice parallels to the first game. And yes. they use that to screw with you. So I'm I'm just assuming they continue that pattern of, like, Oh yeah, you've obviously played the first two games, and they use even more so in this one. Not not only are, are there jokes that specifically reference things from previous class trials, but there are also like the first the first trial and the demo for the first trial also reference the demo for the first Danganronpa game and the controversy surrounding it. It's sort of like a huge meta joke on that, mm. and beyond that. Um, there's big psych outs and confusions related to locked room murders right. that are set up. And it's like, it's like busting through conventions of like, uh, it's hard. It's hard to talk about this stuff without right. saying key details of it. And I don't really want to give anything away, but I will say that nothing in the game has been, uh, so far has been like crazy shocking, but I found the third class trial to probably be, even though none of the twists of the mystery have been that amazing, just the um, the setting and the the way it's being done are really interesting. Like mm. it's it's changing what I think the twists are going to be. Like normally it's like I never suspected it would be that person, mm. and it almost feels like this for the most part. Like it, it the the twists aren't based around that. The twists are based around something you couldn't have predicted, or, uh, b- like building into something else. And I have this like really. Sp- I've been like going into class trial four, and I have this really. Uh, I feel like the 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 murder is pretty obvious, but like there's a twist, and I feel like I have it predicted, and I'm so excited that I hope it's right because it's just so interesting, and like, I more so than the other ones. Uh, I feel like I. Before, the characters always seemed like tropey, jokey people who came in and do their gimmicks and stuff. Right. Um, and even, even like, your friends in the games. But in this one, I actually care about the characters, a couple of them. In, like, in more so than I normally do. Mm. Like, I've grown to like them in different ways. And more so than I thought I would, because I didn't find any of them that interesting. Not that I normally do at the beginning of these games. Right. But, like... I feel like these the the characters at three in the, in the beginning of the game seem the least interesting of all three games right because they're like you you brought up to me before they don't seem to be reacting in a very human way to this situation yeah um but i feel like there may be a reason for that and it may have something to do with the ongoing plot sure um i mean this all sounds like way more interesting than than what i've gotten out of the game it makes me want to keep 
with it. You yeah, know? it just it feels like something is going on behind the scenes that's gonna be like, oh, I can't believe it, because it feels like there are either either it's going to be a big disappointment that none of these threads paid off, or it could be very satisfying that they all pay off together, or it can be you know fifty fifty. Mm. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of ways for it to go. So it's very hard to have a take on this so far, but from from uh, what I've seen, I feel like uh, this one has some in- very interesting aspects to it. And I think that the uh, the way that it bucks my expectations the most is that it um, isn't as addictive or the same kind of like uh, like gruesome like murder porn type mm. thing that I feel like I've gotten. Even, even Ultra Despair Girls felt like it really doubled down on that. Um, and this one doesn't feel that way. It feels, like I said, like oddly thoughtful. Like it feels like something's going on, but I don't know what it's quite trying to say. And it's like, I'm like, wow, Monokuma doesn't seem as like interesting or cool in this one. And then like, it seems like he's become self-aware. I'm like, wait, am I supposed to feel that way? Am I in the game's trap? Like, it's like this weird, it, you're constantly questioning whether or not Spike Chunsoft knows exactly what they're doing or if they've lost their way. Yeah, and I feel like that's where the game exists in this. I mean, like, that's better than just straight up knowing that they that they messed it up. No, because it keeps getting more. Like the third, the third setting has one of the creepiest things that's ever happened in any of the games, mm-hmm. and like, um, it's just so fun. Like, there's a moment where the characters. I mean, this isn't giving anything away, but the characters are singing a song, and it's just like this moment that I'm like. This is legit freaky in a very effective way. And it's like nothing else they've done before. And that's satisfying in itself. Yeah. That that, that Uh sounds really cool. Especially like I've been looking for something to play for Halloween. And it sounds like maybe I should start playing that again. Yeah. I think you should because I feel like it's heading somewhere. All right. So that's all I have. Anyone else have any other addendums to this episode? Uh, No, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I think that's it, man. All right, Paul, well, thank you for your first full episode, and congratulations as official co-host. Um, so, you're, so you're welcome back as many times as you want to come on the show, but you know, you don't, you're know you scheduled to appear on every other week, unless otherwise noted. But uh, I, I have a feeling we'll probably all get Mario soon, so if you want to come back and talk about Mario at some point, we'll probably be... Oh, I'll be talking <laughs> about very Mario. excited for Mario. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mario Mario's is coming out soon. All right. Well, everybody, have a good night and stay entitled. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Entitled Gamer. The Entitled Gamer is hosted by Matt Shore and Travis O'Brien, a.k.a. Big Tran. The Entitled Gamer is edited by Matt Shore. Theme song by Braxton Boren. To get the latest episodes instantly downloaded to your device, subscribe to The Entitled Gamer on iTunes. You can also stream and download episodes from our website, theentitledgamer.com. Follow us on Twitter, at EntitledGamer69. Or like our Facebook page, you guessed it, The Entitled Gamer. You can also follow Matt on Twitter, at Shorster, and Trav on Twitter, at T.O.Brien90. Got a question, comment, or concern for The Entitled Gamer? Your question could be asked and answered during the show. Simply send an email to question at theentitledgamer.com or contact us on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and have an entitled day.